0: There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander.
1: The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet five bucks to get one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DK Hoops. The crown is yours.
2: Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred gambler or in West Virginia, visit www1800 gambler.net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight hope NY or text hope NY four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com/bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
3: Residents at Brightview Senior Living communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice.
4: Welcome back. I'm Israel Gutierrez, uh, host of Four Years of Heat. If you haven't listened to it yet, you're missing out. It takes you through the uh, 2010 to 2014 Miami Heat. Obviously, LeBron was on that team, Dwyane Wade, Chris Bosh. And um, this guy right here was close. He was almost on that team. Uh, Chris Quinn is future head coach is what I like to call him, but he's currently an assistant head coach with the Miami Heat. Played with the Heat uh, from 08 to 10, or was it 7? 6 to 10. 6 to 10, excuse me, 6 to 10. And then... um, played for some other teams, and then eventually became a a coach here. But I wanted to take you back to your playing days, because you were a Notre Dame guard, um, all Big East first team, your senior season. Um, You were actually one of the undrafted Miami Heat stories, right? Talk to me about how you ended up with Miami and just your experience there playing alongside Dwayne.
5: Yeah, so it's interesting. I was just thinking about it It was 17 years ago now, you know, that I was here in summer league trying (laughs) to earn a spot. Uh, Basically, I went undrafted in the 2006 NBA draft. My agent called right after the draft. The Miami Heat were coming off the 06 championship. They had most of their team back. And uh, they had a couple spots, you know, towards the end of the roster uh, that were open. And they wanted a a couple young guys. Uh, Of course, you know, they had no draft picks that year. So there was no other guys uh, drafted ahead of me. Right for the heat there was a few of us that they signed right away basically on a summer league training camp type deals uh so that we could go in there compete battle it out um and, and eventually you know try to try to make make the main roster um you know i was lucky enough you know my, my rookie year was obviously Dwayne in his prime uh shack was still there zoe was still there gary payton Jay will uh it was it was the star studded 06 team right um so it was an incredible experience uh getting to know those guys uh being in the locker room with those type of hall of fame uh guys um and and obviously you mentioned dwayne uh you know those years i was there that that was his prime uh you know he got injured the one year then came back and led the league in scoring uh but just what what a special player that that always rose you know to the occasion in the biggest moments
4: I want to go back to the, the year, the the injury-prone year, the year that they basically didn't win a whole lot of games and it was just giving a lot of people some time, but you had some great moments in that year. Uh, any sort of memorable standout moments? Because there was one play, I want to say it was against the Phoenix Suns. It was just like a fast break. I think it was an and one, and I think you even shocked yourself with the finish, and I'm just like, I love seeing that from players who are in the league and maybe are surprising themselves. Like, what were some of the highlights from your your stint there?
5: Yeah, it was one of those games where the... Uh, we were down, I think, 15 or 20, and they they put in the the second unit right. for uh, the fourth quarter, and then we made a big run, uh, cut their lead, I think, eventually to two or three. Uh, but it was the the shot. Someone actually asked me about it yesterday, and was wondering if uh, it was a trivia question if I knew who fouled me when uh-huh. I when I made that that shot. But I actually don't remember. Hmm. Um, but I, I do remember the moment. Uh, I kind of just threw it up, and it went in. Um, but it, it was a a lot of fun moments, you know, a lot of moments behind the scenes of hard work. Uh, obviously my first 2 years I played for coach Riley. Yeah. Um, which was an amazing experience and then my last 2 years, basically a year and a half was was under Spo- uh, played for Spo. That was his first 2 years. I actually joke with Spo all the time that in, in 2010 that he traded me <laughs> um, away from the Miami Heat. Right. Um you know, obviously the next summer is when they when they got the Right, the, the big three. What
4: was that like when you you're, you traded away, and then all of a sudden you turn around and be like, "Oh no, LeBron just signed with the Heat. What just happened?" Yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah, it was it was a bittersweet moment. But you know, I, I joke with Spo. He says at that time he didn't ha- he didn't have a lot of pull. But I joke with him that he traded me away, um, and it, it was just you know I was happy you know for the organization uh, created a lot of great relationships. Uh, fortunately, those relationships eventually led me back uh, as a coach. And obviously Spo as a young coach, uh, being put in that position and then, and then doing so well with it was, was super cool to see.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say what you saw, what you experienced from Spo. He's clearly a different coach than he was than he is now uh, back then. But what did you see from him in those first couple of years that made you think, hey, this guy's got something?
5: Yeah, as always, it was it was the same uh, concepts. It was his work ethic. Um, he, he had a ton of grit as a head coach. Uh, He was always trying to look for ways to improve, get better. Uh, How can I be better as a coach? How can I better serve our players? Um, And and he would always look at himself first. Uh, After a bad loss, after a win, he was always looking in the mirror. How could he do better? How could he help the team more? Uh, Those are the things that have led him to become, you know, obviously one one of the best right now.
4: Now, after you left the Heat, you had some stints with some other teams. You played in Russia. You played in Cleveland also. Talk to me about how you got back to Miami. What was the path to get you into coaching?
5: Yeah, so my fifth year, I played in San Antonio with the Spurs, uh, which was super cool. Obviously, you know, I went from Pat Riley, Eric Spolscher, to Greg Popovich, just three of the top, you know, they just did the top 15 list right. of all time. These are, the, these are three of the, the, the greatest of all time. Uh, so I got to learn from, the, from them, you know, basketball 101, uh, from three of the greatest minds. Uh, my sixth year uh, playing professionally was the lockout year. Right. And, uh, you know, my agent called in, in the middle of the summer, basically said, hey, I have a deal for you in Russia. Uh, at that time, you know, there was a lot of discussion if the season was even going to start. Yep. Um, you know, what, what did that look like? I think it eventually started around Christmas, Day. Christmas. yeah. Right. Um, and then, the, you know, basically at that point I was like, not guaranteed to be on an NBA roster. I, I was still fighting my way, you know, even, even after my fifth year. Um, and I got a, you know, a good deal to go to Russia with my wife, uh, my newborn son, who's 12 now. Uh, we we took off, went to Russia, uh, played a season there for, for Kimki Moscow, um, and it was an incredible life experience. Really? Yeah. I mean, there was there was good days and bad days, but uh, for my wife and I, you know, we still look back, talk about, you know, the different experiences we had. Um, what
4: were some of the good days like what what do you remember
5: so, so the, the thing I remember the most is that our team won the Euro Cup which was a, a big event there um, and it was just like um, towards the end of the season it was a culmination of a lot of hard work a lot of uh, you know good days bad days and then I just remember my teammates so basically our team was c- consisted of six Russian players and six you know foreign right. players non non-russians uh, so there was a couple of, of, of Americans we had um, an Australian, we had uh, a couple of Croatians, and I just remember hanging out with them and, and getting to know the, the different cultures. Uh, you know, we would we would hang out all the time. Um, you know, go get coffee is like a way of life over there. Yeah. Um, but it was just super cool to, to get to know uh, no no a whole a whole different way.
4: All right, so you got to Miami as an assistant coach um, when Jimmy Butler got there. Um, Talk to me about sort of the the fit that he was with the Heat and how he maybe he even elevated that just sort of on court competitiveness that the Heat just so loves to uh, you know say that they're they're very good at. <laughs>
5: right. Yeah. So Jimmy was just like a like a perfect match for, for you know for the Miami Heat. Uh, he came in. He 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 does it all. He works super hard. Uh, he, he's a he's a great leader in the locker room. Um, and, and you know the one thing you know a lot of us. In, in the heat culture have in common is, is that we're super competitive. And, you know, for, for better or worse, if, if things aren't going, you know, the way we all think they, they are, uh, should be going, we, we, we have a, a level of accountability. We, we talk to each other. Uh, we preach eye-to-eye communication. Um, you know, all these things that, you know, Jimmy stands for as well. Um, obviously, there's moments where, you know, he gets frustrated if we're not winning. But, you know, that w- we all kind of feel like that. And it was just a good match, um, and obviously, you know, now he's, you know, taking us, you know, the multiple uh, finals, you know, multiple conference finals, um, and I think it's just been a, a great match for for the Heat and Jimmy and, and uh, working together, you know, towards a, a common goal.
4: You guys had such a, a great run through 2020 through the bubble, and you know, the couple of years after that, the first round against Milwaukee, and then the game seven against Boston. But this past year. During the regular season, what, because Spo says we were close all regular season, but from the outside looking in, you might not see that, right? So talk to me about what was just off during the regular season enough to make the record be what it was.
5: Yeah, I think it was a combination of things. Um... Obviously, uh, availability injuries uh, are, are a part of it, but also, like, we, we would have we would have great wins and we would have bad losses. Right. And, you know, sometimes against some of the better teams, we'd play better, and against some of the other teams, we, you know, we wouldn't play as well. Uh,
4: that's a consistency you just don't expect, or an inconsistency you don't expect. From yeah, the it was like a roller team.
5: coaster of a, of a season, regular season. Um, mm. and, and we just we kept grinding through it. We, we, we stuck together. Uh, there was definitely days where we all felt like we, we weren't You know, we weren't any good. We didn't perform the way we wanted to perform. Um,
4: For a team, sorry to interrupt, but for a team that's been together for a few years, when you're at that point where it's just like, what's happening, we can't figure it out. Like, what do you do to do that? What do you do to just say, look, trust me, it's gonna be okay.
5: Yeah, I think you have to maintain optimism, but then also like address the issues at the same time. Uh, We we had, you know, we we checked every box. Like, there was meetings, there was team meetings, film sessions, practices. Um, whatever it took to just keep grinding through, uh, while maintaining a, a, a optimism and a belief that we were going to figure it out. Right. Um, the good thing is we had super high character guys in our locker room, and you know that belief started with them. Um, a lot of them, you know, felt the way we felt. If, if we can, if we can get it right, if we can click at the right moment, you know, we can we can make something special happen. Um, and, and I think you know you, you talked about Jimmy. A lot of that even started with him and, and his belief. Um, You know, he thinks when he goes on the court, he's the best player, regardless who else is on the court. And, you know, uh, we we all
0: felt that same way. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs. And Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease, with three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight and legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up, and you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com grandhighlander.
1: The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DKHOOPS. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DKHOOPS. The crown is yours.
2: help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
3: residents at brightview senior living communities enjoy enhanced possibilities independence and choice
4: I wanted to ask you about Udonis Haslam, and obviously retiring, but how much of a role did he have in just maintaining everybody because he'd been doing it for so long?
5: Yeah, he had a huge role. Um, and obviously transitioning uh, to whatever he's going to do next, he's going to have a huge role uh, as well. Um, but he was always the first one speaking, the first one reminding guys when they needed to do, do better, but also encouraging guys with, you know, that we were really close. Um, and you know... You know, right away, U- UD, he's got, he's got that credibility right away. Uh, he can tell anybody anything, and then they're going to respect what he has to say. Um, and then I think it was a great moment that, uh, that last game that, you know, he played, and he played so well. So good. And uh, guys were basically like, oh, man, he's, he's still got it. He can do it if, if, if he needs to do it. Uh, so that was a cool kind of, you know, uh, springboard into the playoffs. And then obviously the playing games were, were, were still a challenge for us. We had to grind through those, uh, and then we just kept uh, kept grinding through it, you know, day by day, you know, little by little. You know, I think uh, Spo mentioned in the playoffs, there's be- beauty in the struggle. Yes. Um, and, and really, that's kind of kind of how we all approached it.
4: Yes, yeah, Spo. Uh, if people actually listen to what he says and not just like think it's coach talk, they'll actually understand. I mean, it's it, there's meaning to what he's saying. It's not just coach speak, and not just trying to get people, you know, out of out of the media room there, but. Um, I wanted to just go to that first round of the playoffs. So what was was the play-in loss to Atlanta, was that the lowest point of the season? Because everybody else from the outside looking in thought, oh, okay, they'll just get it right at the end, win that playoff, it'll be all good.
5: Yeah, so coming in the locker room after that game was, was very discouraging. Uh, we had been beaten and been beaten handily by Atlanta. Um, and basically we, you know, had a, a, a day and a half to figure out, like, you know, we got to get ready for Chicago now, uh, and we got to figure out how we're going to just get one win. Um, and the good thing, going back to, you know, the, the character of the guys in that locker room, th- those guys wanted to win, and they they wanted to, to keep playing. They wanted to, to keep fighting together as a group, and uh, you could tell in, in the second half of that Chicago game that, that our guys were, were not going to quit and, and just keep battling.
4: That guy from Max Yeah. Uh, so... How is it that a team that just barely crawled into the playoffs, winning the Chicago game basically in the fourth quarter, has the type of confidence to go into Milwaukee and take game one? Like, What were the conversations like? What did Jimmy, Bam, or anybody do to make anybody feel that that could happen?
5: Yeah, so it started with Jimmy and Bam. Obviously, they, they immediately instilled still belief in, in everybody and, and the rest of the team. Uh, Jimmy was like extremely locked in at that point um, and, and, and we all s- could see it, we could sense it uh, we knew he was locked in um, and then we also knew like we had just had like two battle tested playing games you know it was a, 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 the Atlanta game and Chicago game really prepared us to win game one against Milwaukee Right? they had they had, had you know a lot of time off at that point uh, we, we, we felt like we were just you know ready to, to go in there and, and, and we really just focused on getting game one um, and seeing where that could get us. And, and you
4: got game one, but you lost Tyler <laughs> with yeah. a broken hand. Like It seemed like immediately the challenges were smacking you guys in the face, and it didn't seem like it was an issue. Um, Take me to the 56-point game from Jimmy, because throughout that first round, when people say playoff Jimmy, it's because he's taking shots he wasn't taking in the regular season, making shots he wasn't taking in the regular season, and it's just like a person you've just never seen before. So when you're watching that 56-point game, you're thinking what?
5: I'm just watching, like, in amazement. Uh, that second half, you know, the shots he was hitting, um, you know, the, the skill that it required, but also just his will to win. Uh, it, it was it was insane and, and all of us are just watching taking it in. I you know uh, A lot of us kept the box score from that game really? You know a lot of people are talking about it's one of the greatest performances, you know in, in playoff history And really we're just watching with amazement uh, at the, the amount of will uh, To win and and those are shots like you said. He's not taking as many of those in the regular season um, But he has a, a, a great feel for the game. He knows when he needs to score, when he needs to get his teammates involved. uh, And he can control a game, you know, on both ends in so many ways.
4: And uh, I mean, I still think if Josh Hart doesn't slide under his ankle, it might be a different finish to the season. But uh, the the next round, I think after the first two games, Bam got a lot of criticism, right? One of the things that drives me nuts is when people criticize Bam for not being this refined offensive talent. If Bam had that refined offensive game, he'd be the best player in the league, right? Because he does everything else so well on the defensive end. So talk to me about Bam, what he means to the team, and where that, like, offensive complaint comes up empty.
5: Yeah, so
3: for us, like,
5: a lot of that other stuff that people say about Bam is just noise. We're constantly reminding him, you know, what he means to the team, how important he is on both ends know, arguably the best defender in the league. Uh, we ask him to do so much on that end of the floor. Uh, multiple coverages, he switches, he guards one through five. Uh, he's just as good at guarding a perimeter as he is a big. Um, and then offensively, we, we play through him a lot. Even if he's not taking the shot, even if he's not being aggressive, we can always throw the ball to him. Um, and sometimes it's just to be a pressure release. Uh, but he's getting other guys involved. and. You know, a lot of that is is through our system uh, that we can we can we have the you know option to play through him because of his skill level, yep. um, and you know a lot of that means he's not always going to be scoring um, like maybe other people want him to do, but we all fully understand how important he is uh, to our team on, on both ends of the floor.
4: Uh, and then I just want to take you to that uh, Celtics series, uh, up three zero must feel great. The level of like ascending stress after loss one, (laughs) loss two, and loss three. Like, what were those experiences like? And what was that space between games six and seven where Spo and Jimmy said, yeah, we're going to go win. But everybody else is like, I don't know.
5: (laughs) Yeah, so um, as as great as our our run was in the playoff, after game six was a worse feeling than the feeling we had when we lost to Atlanta. Really? you know, to lose in that fashion, point one on the clock, uh, on offensive tip and rebound, and then have to go to Boston uh, for Game Seven and, and pick pick it pick up the, the crew, uh, rally the troops. Um, but right after the game, uh, Spo was saying that Jimmy was saying that, and I think it really it really made everyone else believe. Um, by the time we got uh, 24 hours later, I think everyone believed we were going to go in there uh, and, and get that win. Um, but obviously, you know, being up 3-0 to, to tie uh it is it was a lot of pressure. Um, at some point after the game, we all uh, congratulated Spo on, on not being the first coach to go up 3-0 <laughs> and then and then uh, <laughs> right, and that, then that lose the series. So you know, we definitely had that going for us as well. Yeah, uh,
4: it must have been a great feeling. And just the last thing on Spo. Specifically, because he was obviously part of the podcast, and like that was where he grew, like as a coach, you know, uh, coaching LeBron and just learning and just that desire to just not be the reason why the Heat lost. Now, in twenty twenty three, he's considered the best coach in the league. What makes him
5: such a special coach? I think the fact that even though he's thought of that way, he still is the same guy. He's still uh, after a, a regular season loss is upset if we're not doing things the way he wants them done. If or or the way we all want things done he's still continuing to try to improve as a coach as a leader Um, and and that's I I don't think for him that's ever going to change and uh, obviously he's matured a lot as a coach he's learned a lot through experience Uh, but he's still to this day trying to trying to figure out today how he can be better from yesterday and tomorrow be be better than today
4: I used to say this when you were a player. I used to say, if you want to win, play Chris Quinn. And so now if you're uh, hiring a coach, if you want to win, hire Chris Quinn. Guy's going to be really good. Chris, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, brother. Thank
5: you very much.
0: Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander.